Alright, this is the reading for May 19th, day 139 of the Bible in a Year. And today we're reading 1 Kings 10 through 1 Kings 419, because this is the chronological Bible, so it's not always going to go in the order we think it's going to go in. Alright, 1 Kings 10, starting in verse 1. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on the tables, the organization of his officials, and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers and their burnt offerings, Solomon and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe that what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity are far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord, your God, who delights in you and has placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold, great quantities of spices and precious jewels. Never again were so many spices brought in, in as the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. In addition, Hiram's ships brought gold from Ophir. And they also brought rich cargoes of red sandalwood and precious jewels. The king used the sandalwood to make railings for the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and to construct lyres and harps for the musicians. Never before or since has there been such a supply of sandalwood. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba whatever she asked for, besides all the customary gifts he had so generously given. Then she and all her attendants returned to their own land. And now we're in Second Chronicles 9, the parallel of this. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. She arrived with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all of her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba realized how wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his tables, the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers and their robes, and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. 
In fact, I had not heard the half of your great wisdom. It is far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day by day, listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord your God, who delights in you and has, and has placed you on the throne as king to rule for him. Because God loves Israel and desires this kingdom to last forever, he has made you king over them, so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold, great quantities of spices and precious jewels. Never before had there been spices as fine as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. In addition, the crews of Haram and Solomon brought gold from Ophir, and they also brought red sandalwood and precious jewels. The king used the sandalwood to make steps for the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and to construct lyres and harps for the musicians. Never before had such beautiful things been seen in Judah. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba whatever she asked for, gifts of greater value than the gifts she had given him. Then she and all her attendants returned to their own land. And now we're back in 1 Kings 10, starting in verse 14. Each year Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. This did not include the additional revenue he received from merchants and traders and all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 15 pounds. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold, each weighing nearly four pounds. The king placed these shields in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a huge throne decorated with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps and a, lar- and a rounded back. There were armrests on both sides of the seat, and the figure of a lion stood on each side of the throne. There were also twelve other lions, one standing on each end of the six steps. No other throne in all the world could be compared with it. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold, as were the utensils in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. They were not made of silver, for silver was considered worthless in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships that sailed with Hiram's fleet. Once every three years, they, once every three years, the ships returned, loaded with gold, silver, ivory, ape, ivory, apes, and peacocks. So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on the earth. People from every nation came to consult with him and to hear the wisdom God had given him. Year after year, everyone who visited everyone who visited, brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon built up a huge force of chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He stationed them, he stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone, and valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees 
that grow in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and Cilicia. Cilicia, I'm not sure how to say that. The king's trades, the king's traders acquired them from Cilicia at the standard price. At that time, chariots from Egypt could be purchased for 600 pieces of silver and horses for 150 pieces of silver. They were then exported to the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Aram. And now we're back in Second Chronicles 9, starting in verse 13. Each year, Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. This did not include the additional revenue he received from merchants and traders. All the kings of Arabia and the governors of the provinces also brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 15 pounds. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than seven and a half pounds. The king placed these shields in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a huge throne decorated with ivory and overlaid with pure gold. The throne had six steps with a footstool of gold. These were, oh, there were arm rests on both sides of the seats of the seat and the figure of a lion stood on each side of the throne. There were also 12 other lions, one standing on each end of the six steps of the six steps. No other throne in all the world could be compared with it. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold, as were all the utensils in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. They were not made of silver, for silver was considered worthless in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships, manned by sailors sent by Hiram. Once every three years, the ships returned loaded with gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on earth. Kings from every nation came to consult him and to hear the wisdom God had given him. Year after year, everyone who visited brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his horses and chariots, and he had 12,000 horses. He stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. He ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates River in the north to the in the north to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt in the south. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone, and valuable cedar timber was as common as sycamore figs that grow in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and many other countries. And now we're back into first Kings, starting in chapter four. King Solomon now ruled over all Israel, and all these were his high officials. As Azariah, oh Azariah, son of Zadok, was the priest. Eli Horif and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, were court secretaries. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Benan Benan excuse me, Beniah, son of Jehoiada, was the commander of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, was in charge of the district governors. 
Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest, was a trusted advisor to the king. Ahishar was manager of the palace property. Adam, Adoniram, son of Abda, was in charge of the labor force. Solomon had 12 district governors who were over all Israel. They were responsible for providing food for the king's household. Each of them arranged provisions for one month of the year. These are the names of the 12 governors. Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim. Ben-Decker in Mekaz. Shelbim. Beth Shemesh and Elon Beth Hanan Ben Hesed in Arubath, including Sako and all the land of Heifer, Ben Abinadab in all of Naphath Dor, he was married to Tapheth, one of Solomon's daughters. Bana, son of Ahilud, in Tanak, and Megiddo. All of Beth Shan, near Zarethan, below Jezreel, and all the territory from Beth Shan to Abel Meholah, and over Jachmiam. Ben Geber, and Ramath Gilead, including the towns of Jair, named for Jer of the tribe of Manasseh in Gilead and in the Argob region of Bashan, including 60 large fortified towns with bronze bars on their gates. Ahinadab, son of Ido, in Mahan- Mahanaim. <laughs> Ahimaz, in Naphtali, he was married to Basimath, another of Solomon's daughters, Bana, son of Hushai, in Asher, and in Eloth, Jehoshaphat, son of Parua, in Issachar, Shimei, son of Elah, in Benjamin, Geber, son of Uri, in the land of Gilead, including the territories of King Sihon, of the Amorites, and King Og, of Bashan. There were also one There was also one governor over the land of Judah. And that is the end of our reading for today.